0: This is Pastor Mike from Jordan Lutheran Church, and you're about to hear one of our Sunday morning messages. At Jordan, we're passionate about learning from the Bible, and pray that this message makes an impact in your life. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and Lord, and Savior, Jesus Christ. Have you ever wondered what the church looked like immediately following Jesus's? Death and resurrection. I mean, immediately following. Like to get an image as to what that looks like. To go from crucifixion, those horrible days uh, in the grave, to what happens next. I mean, if you could kind of get in there, if Hollywood could give you that picture. If they could big screen for you what it looks like. Some of you are going, "Well, I don't have to guess. I, I got the Book of Acts. I said, I know that's what's exciting." That's what Acts is for us. It is that insight that takes us from thinking, well, these churchy stories that we heard growing up, these things that in in Sunday school or in adult class or in small groups that we've heard, is the church insular, meaning is it this small enclave of people or is God doing something massive? Is this a movement that's impacting people across all creeds, shapes, sizes, and corners of the earth? Acts answers All of those questions. It takes us from realizing how do we go from this group of people who are standing at the foot of a cross with Christ on it, wondering how did we get here to a group of people who will do anything, anything to make sure that people hear who Jesus is. Our first reading this morning took us to Genesis 12, 1 to 3. And we hear this transition uh, of a man named Abram, A name that means exalted father to a man who will later be called Abraham, which means father of many. So from exalted father to father of many, that's the the promise that Acts starts to live out for us and show us that God's going to be moving. God's going to be taking people in new places. Uh, When I was in college, I had the opportunity. I had uh, studied uh, overseas and was in Argentina. And I'll share with you one of the neat things was I attended a church just eight blocks away. And as I attended, you just get into these patterns to realize it's really neat to hear God's words preached in another language. Because you get a picture that what you knew of the church growing up is only one glimpse. It's one facet uh, of what God uh, is doing. Uh, later in Panama, same piece, heard that again. Now one day when I'm in uh, Argentina, I'm in Buenos Aires, the capital city, uh, and just walking around. Uh, And this young man named Manuel comes up to me. He's a street evangelist. Uh, And he just comes up, and he's just very, very excited to talk to me. Uh, And just says, man, I I really want you to come and understand what God's doing. And I said to myself, you just tell me when and where, Manuel. Let's go. Uh, And I got a chance to go see a Pentecostal revival uh, in Argentina. It was really kind of cool. You know where it was? You guys will get a kick out of this. (laughs) Because... Maybe you're going to be scared that we can't do this new church thing. Because when you get this, you're like, this new church isn't going to work out. It was in a movie theater. <laughs> I know. I know. So that's where I went on a Friday night. I, I go to this kind of revival service in a theater. Uh, and, and just a Pentecostal. And it's just amazing. And then one other night, Manuel and, and I got in touch. We were outside of the Congress building there in Argentina where we met. Uh, and we stayed friends for several years and stayed in touch uh, when he went back to Europe and other places. But on another occasion, we went on, on a late night, uh, and we got to hear a Canadian evangelist. So there's this Canadian evangelist. We were there for like two or three hours in the evening, uh, and he's just going to town, and it was neat to watch like, his excitement and then hear the translator translate it. So if you never heard a revival like twice, it was like double, where I'm like, English, and revive it now in Spanish, and you'd get a, you know, revive and energy up. But it just shows you God's doing big things. Sometimes we get so insulated that we just forget God's doing stuff all over the world. And so it is, that we turn to Acts 1, chapter 8. So if you have your Bible, you got your app, open it up, and in we go. The book of Acts is taking us to help us realize God's not small. God's not just in Jerusalem. God's not just in this one little place. Jesus speaks to the disciples uh, following his resurrection. says, But you will receive power, and the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses... In Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Uh, This picture that God has his eyes not just on Jerusalem, not just on the region around it. He's got his eyes on the whole world. And he always has. Uh, He's got the whole world in his hands. is isn't just a song. It's a reality. The world that he made. But as we see from this text, this is Genesis 12 coming to fruition. This is exalted father to father of many nations. Uh, this is realizing God had promised it, and now he's keeping that promise, which is what God has always done for us. So, what does your ideal church look like? Just in your mind's eye, uh, your ideal church. I mean, what does that look like? Who's there? What are they doing? What are they saying? How are they acting? And then imagine uh, when guests come and they visit, because uh, they do, people visit here. Is your first move, I want to meet them, or is your first, and it could just be internal and you get over it very, very quickly, or is your first move, i got to look busy talking to someone because I don't know them and I'm scared. And again, you may get over that, but boy, there's something to be said for, hey, Tom, it's really good to see you. I'm so glad that we're here. This is great. I'm really scared because there's a person over there I don't want to talk to, uh, but they look really neat, and I hope someone else does. <laughs> but I'm just really scared that that someone's going to look at me and say they thought that I should have said hello. But what if I say hello wrong? How often have you said hello wrong in the previous six days of your life? (laughs) Some of you are like, you don't know how I am with people, Pastor. I am not good at hello. I share it somewhat tongue-in-cheek, but the church has struggled with how we welcome people for centuries. 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 If you think it happens here, then go to Acts 15. Acts 15 is the great question of how do we welcome people. It is the site of the first church council. Acts 15, verse 1 and 2. You see, what's happened is Peter has gone out and was preaching to Gentiles. He was preaching to people who didn't kind of have their beginning in one of the 12 tribes of Israel. To people who don't find themselves that maybe they know all the prophets by name. And Peter's preaching to them. Now to you, you're like, oh, this isn't a problem. Yeah, see, to them it was. It it was a struggle because they kind of liked their affinity group. They liked the fact that they understood things. Uh, Some people are very happy about certain teams winning yesterday, right? Some people are very sad about other teams winning yesterday. And some of you don't care at all. The same thing will happen today, but when people who care about a certain team want to gather with their certain team liking people, they don't want you of the other opposing team to be near them. They've got their own affinity group. They've got what they like around them. So the text begins in Acts 15 that sets up to this church council, but some men came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers. Now, the idea of coming down is to remember, in your mind, Jerusalem, to someone who is an Israelite, Jerusalem is always what? Always up. Always up. So if you're a map person, and you're struggling with Acts 15 as you read it, and you're going, but Antioch is north of Jerusalem. You go up to Antioch, you're missing it. You go up to Jerusalem. You don't go up to Antioch. Antioch is north but stop kind of bringing in your, uh, your modern view on things where you said that, yes, they knew that it was north of them. They, please, they, they weren't challenged spatially, but they understood that to get to God in the Israelite mind, you always ascended to Jerusalem. So we have this text, but some men came down from Judea and were teaching their brothers. So some are coming down, they come out, and they go out to teach. Unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. So you have some coming out of Judea, out of this region, they said, you've got to be circumcised to come into the church. Some of you are like, we check for that? I know. I know you guys are like, this was not part of the new member course in any church I've ever been to. Well, welcome to Acts 15. Unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And after Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and debate with them, isn't that nice? It's like a real nice Acts kind of phrase for, they were really upset and they let people know. Because isn't this sometimes what, unfortunately, church does? You have an opinion, I have an opinion. So let's, let's loggerheads, man. Let's go at it. Uh, let's see what we can do. And I will, cho- I will have more verses than you have. Which is funny sometimes when people will hear someone who teaches a false thing. They say, well, they name lots of Bible verses. The quantity of Bible verses you use does not prove whether you are right or wrong. You can use lots of Bible verses wrong. Satan does it real good in the temptation of Christ, if you recall that in the wilderness. Yeah, he uses the Bible and just uses it completely and utterly wrong. And Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and debate with them. Paul and Barnabas and some of the others were appointed to go to Jerusalem to the apostles and the elders about this question. So Paul and Barnabas and others, Peter included, had been teaching and preaching to Gentiles. And they come back to the Jerusalem and just want to share, God maybe is stirring and doing a new thing. People were coming to faith, and it didn't fit the pattern. Uh, They didn't fit that everyone has to be circumcised and follow the complete law of Moses. So Paul and Barnabas and others are sent to go and just say, hey, we want to have a talk with you, which you know how normally that goes, right? People are warmly received. Yay, we're so glad we're going to have this open conversation about a disagreement. That's how you guys do it in your life, right? Great and open discussion. Let's have that, and let's be real nice and formal. Well, guess what? It actually happens that way. This is the first church council. They get together and they have a conversation. Verse 3 to 5 of Acts 15. So being sent on their way by the church, that is Paul and Barnabas were sent from the church in Antioch to come down and just say, hey, here's what, here's what God's doing. They pass through Phoenicia and Samaria describing in detail the conversion of the Gentiles and brought great joy to all the brothers. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they declared all that God had done with them. Now some of you, in your heart of hearts, are like, when they get there, I bet the church is angry with them. That's not what the text says. The text says they came in and they were excited that the church was doing things. Now they had questions about what was happening, but they're actually excited that Paul and Barnabas are coming back to have this conversation. But some believers who belong to the party of the Pharisees rose up and said, it is necessary to circumcise them and to order them to keep the law of Moses. You got to do the pattern. Either you do and you're in, or you don't and you're in at least a holding pattern until you get it right. Because you got to do it the way we do it. And at this moment, the church is making a crucial decision to its future. Whether you saw this or not in the text, Is the church of Jesus Christ a church for Israelites only, or is the church of Jesus Christ a church for all people? This is a massive moment uh, on which the rest of the growth of the church will hinge uh, in the decision that will come out from here. So the future of missionary efforts are all waiting on what this council does. They could convert inward and say, man, it's just for us. It's an insular group. It's we just want to kind of talk to ourselves Or we're going to talk to others. If you're following along, we jump to verse 6 to 9. So the apostles and the elders were gathered together to discuss the matter. And after they had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, Brothers, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us. And he made no distinction between us and them, having cleansed their hearts by faith. Now, here's what's interesting. Do you know who isn't saying this? You would think the person who is saying this would be Paul. Because we've got in our minds that Paul's the Gentile guy. Now, he came from Antioch down, sent by the church to remind them what God was doing, but Peter Peter himself had also preached to the Gentiles and wants to make it clear. He's referring back to chapter 10. Now, there's many other cases, but in chapter 10, Peter's talking about the events of preaching to the Gentiles in Caesarea when he goes to Cornelius. And as he goes to Cornelius, remember it was Cornelius who had a vision from an angel, and the angel had told him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation. Uh, That was the vision, and Peter's told, Just Go. And what does Peter do? He goes. He actually listens to God, even though Peter, as you read the text, seems to have some what? For those of you who read it, he seems to have some question to kind of say, hmm, the same Peter who has a vision about that sheet coming out of heaven where he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. we can't do the unclean stuff, God. Are you doing something new? Because I thought the pattern was we just eat certain foods. And God's response is, hey, don't declare unclean what I declare clean. Because we are moving in a new way. God had worked through his people so that they might have Messiah born for all the earth. And now it's time for Messiah to be proclaimed to the ends of the earth. And God then opens the door. Some people were, man, church councils, they're not fun. I mean, it's, it's, nothing great happens. There's always debate. I mean, this is clear, Pastor. There's already debate. You've named it long discussions. That's code word for people angry at each other. Why would I ever want to be a part of that? Now, therefore, why are you putting God to the test by placing a yoke on the neck of disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? But we believe, but we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus just as they will. You see, the council comes to agreement. Peter stood up and said, God's doing this thing. And who are we to stop what God is doing? He's worked through Peter. He's worked through Paul because this message it's too good to stay inside a theater, whether the theater's in Apex or whether the theater's in Buenos Aires. It's got to get out. Uh, it's interesting to think that I met a guy named Manuel right outside the Congress building in Argentina because he figured that that's where people would be, you know, on, on the Congress grounds, right outside of their Capitol building. Because this young man had a heart that people needed to know what God was up to. The cool thing is it opened my eyes to some of the things God was doing there. My natural tendency would have been to say what to Manuel. Most of you probably know this. Oh, no, 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 I'm a Lutheran. I don't, I don't need you, Manuel. But I discover just some neat things about the guy. I discover he goes home and he goes back to Europe and continues preaching and serving as a missionary throughout Europe. I stay in touch with him for several years as he's just engaged in different things. Uh, we'd sit down and have coffee and conversations. But I had to let my guard down. I had to let down my guard to realize Manuel was a child of God who was so passionate about Christ. And if I am too, then a conversation with a guy like that should never be a problem. Uh, And it changed who I was. Now, guess what? I still went to the Lutheran church in Belgrano R, right there, outside of the city in this nice little very, very German enclave. And I learned a whole lot. You see, it was at that place that I met a pastor, who I had the audacity, the audacity as a teenager, to look at him and ask this question. Did you know what was happening? And he said to me, we knew there were work camps. We did not know. He had fought the fires in Berlin, and he had escaped out when things got very bad. But I had the audacity to say that, and he looked at me and answered me honestly, and just told me life's filled with good moments and bad. But here we are, praise God, that he's still doing great things. You see, the world's got so much going on. Sometimes we get so insular; we think that it's just about us. This congregation has the opportunity right now to consider is it just about us and what we're up to, or are we up to something so much bigger that God is continuing to be a part of? You see, The will of God for us is just the same as it was there. Listen again to that closing verse. But we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus just as they will. We've got to peel back a few labels. (laughs) Labels that we have normally added to people. The church in Acts 15 had labels put on lots of people. And whether we like it or not, we label lots of things too. It helps us synthesize the world. I get that. But when it comes to God's work, you've got to remove a few labels to realize God can do infinitely more than you can ever stop him from doing. (laughs) Uh, And sometimes we put up the biggest roadblocks. The power of God moved in the church. And that church brought us here. You guys realize that you are hearing this morning the gospel of Jesus Christ preached in a language that Paul probably would never have understood? That's kind of cool. Actually, it's not kind of cool. <laughs> it's awesome. It's amazing. And you have so internalized that message in English, the idea that it could be somewhere else uh, opens our eyes. Right here uh, in our very own community, just a few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to go to the ordination of uh, Daniel Tessonejo, uh, who's a new pastor at a Romo Evangelical Lutheran Church here. Uh, and I got to sit there, to his installation, uh, and hear a 30-minute sermon in a Romo. And it's amazing when you don't hear a language, but you know who Christ is, you can tell when it's the Lord's Prayer. It's really cool. You can tell the similarities, even though the language is different. Because the pattern and the reverence of the people around you let you know good things are happening here, and you go, wait a second, I know what they just said. I know why they're getting excited. And so it is that God is getting us excited here as well. He's getting us excited because Christ has come. Christ has died. And as we all celebrate, Christ will come again. Amen. We're glad you've connected with us online and look forward to the opportunity to see you in person on behalf of everyone at Jordan. We hope you will join us as we gather in worship of our Savior, Jesus Christ, every Sunday morning at 930 at Beaver Creek Cinemas in the Peak of Good Living, Apex, North Carolina.